Aphrodite, subtle of soul and deathless, daughter of God, weaver of wiles, I pray thee, neither with care, dread mistress, nor with anguish, slay thou my spirit, but in pity hasten, come now if ever from afar of old, when my voice implored thee, thou hast deigned to listen, leaving the golden house of thy father, with thy chariot yoked, and with doves that drew thee, fair and fleet around the dark earth from heaven, dipping vibrant wings down the azure distance. Through the mid-ether very swift they came, and thou, gracious vision, leaned with thy face that smiled in immortal beauty, leaned to me and asked, What misfortune threatened? Why I had called thee? What my frenzied heart craved in utter yearning, whom its wild desire would persuade to passion? What disdain charms madly worshipped slight thee? Who wrongs thee, Sappho? She that fain would fly, she shall quickly follow. She that now rejects, yet with gifts shall woo thee. She that heeds thee not, soon shall love to madness. Love thee, the loth one. Come to me now thus, goddess, and release me from distress and pain, and all my distracted heart would seek, do thou once again fulfilling. Still be my ally. Ode to Aphrodite by Sappho, the Tenth Muse Hello, witches, women, and other lovely listeners. I'm Hannah, the bipolar bisexual host of this bi-weekly podcast of Witches and Women. In this podcast, we get to explore the lives of powerful women, both real and mythological. Strong women have historically been labeled as witches or something else equally troubling, taboo, and easy to justify killing or dismissing. I'm telling their stories because most of these tales are amazing, and all of them are fascinating. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Play, and if you do social media, connect with me through Of Witches and Women on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Of course, be sure you also check out the website, which is the most in-depth and exciting resource I can offer you. When you visit ofwitchesandwomen.com, you'll find fantastic merchandise of both the serious and salty variety. Lots of the merchandise is limited edition, so get it while we're still in ancient Greece. You'll also find the Grimoire Gallery, which is our internet gallery curated with art by today's working artists and featuring witches, women, and goddesses of ancient Greece. If you see something you like, you can support a small business by visiting the artist's portfolio sites to see, share, or purchase more of their work. Plus, you can even buy some of their prints starting at just $15 in the Of Witches and Women shop. If you're not a fan of fake news, then you need to check out the Lamia Library, where I list all of my show notes and other resources and recommendations. Of course, subscribe to the newsletter The Oracle on any page of the Of Witches and Women website. Just scroll down and add your email address. The bi-weekly oracle tells the shorter, fascinating, more obscure stories that we won't get to cover on the show. 
It highlights grimoire gallery artists, shares simple spells and book recommendations, and more. So don't miss out. Subscribe today. Bless my soul. We're talking about the muses today. The muses were the goddesses of music, theater, and the arts. In the early legends, there were nine muses, daughters of Zeus and Menemosine, the titan goddess of memory. The muses were conceived one after the other, nine nights in a row. Yikes, I'm really glad that doesn't happen to us mere mortals. The muse Cleo wrote history and epics and invented the guitar. Euripides created the flute and many other instruments. Melpomene was the goddess of tragedy and rhetoric. Talia, goddess of comedy. Terpsichore was the goddess of dancing and laughter. Erato of love, poetry, and weddings. Polymnia of hymns, geometry, and grammar and Orania, the goddess of the heavens. Of course, they were reigned over by Calliope, the chief muse, goddess of justice, serenity, and protector of stories and art. The muses are the mothers of the sirens, the beautiful women of the sea who sing sailors to their death with tales of desire. The muses have existed as a feature of intellectual vigor and inspiration ever since ancient Greece. As the muses resurfaced in Roman worship, they were combined into only three muses, named after practice, memory, and song. They would resurface again during the Renaissance, the Romantic period, and even are a feature of our culture today. According to Ovid, one king of Macedon, had nine daughters, talented in the arts, who he named after the nine muses. However, they were turned into magpies for his presumption and, you know, not being as talented as the muses. However, there was one real, historical, human woman who was so gifted that during her lifetime she was honored with the title of the tenth muse and her name was Sappho. Sappho from Lesbos was born to a wealthy enough family that she was able to receive an education, reading and writing prolifically from a young age. She was born probably around 630 BCE. Sappho was hailed as an embodiment of the muses by all. She wrote many incredible poems and lyrics to songs, though only a few have survived in their original form today. The scholars of Alexandria wrote about Sappho frequently, and many Hellenistic poets mimicked and learned from her style, which was unique and original. Sappho published at least 10,000 lines, but less than 7% still exist today. According to legend, the medieval Catholic Church, so maybe not a legend, attempted to destroy much of Sappho's work because it was grossly immoral. Sappho was so talented and celebrated by her peers that she is depicted on vases and in images with gods and muses. According to her own writing and others' depictions, Sappho was small, unassuming, with black hair, 
that turned white as snow as she began to age. Sappho was one of the first and most famous poets to begin writing in the first person, using I statements. She was also known for using hyperbole in her poetry, exaggerating wildly to make poignant points. She did it so artfully that critics and scholars of the time found it charming. Even Plato and Socrates used Sappho's work to explain desire and passion. And much, much later, Lord Tennyson was also directly influenced by Sappho's work, as have many, many other writers, often unknowingly. Many modern critics agree that Sappho's poetry is vivid and skilled, but some say it's a naive expression of emotion. Whether you argue that she wrote with natural, casual ability, or with a carefully crafted and studied pentameter, there is no doubt that Sappho is one of the earliest and most influential romantic writers in all of Western history. During the Renaissance, Sappho and her work was again revived, studied, and revered, and Sappho was featured in many paintings, carvings, and poems. Sappho, like any respectable upper-class woman of the time, told the people of ancient Greece that she was married. However, the translation of her husband's name is Dick Alcock from the Isle of Man and is clearly satirical. Why? Because Sappho of Lesbos was a lesbian. Her ode to Aphrodite, one of her surviving and beloved poems, makes it pretty clear that Sappho was enamored with a woman. Who wrongs thee, Sappho? asked Aphrodite. She that would fain fly, she shall quickly follow. She that now rejects, yet with gifts shall woo thee. She that heeds thee not, soon shall love to madness. Love thee, the loathe one, replies Sappho. Sappho's family was exiled to Sicily in 600 BCE due to political conflict. She was later allowed to return home, but struggled with mental health her entire life. According to later Greek historians, Sappho killed herself mad with unrequited love for a fisherman. However, due to her disinterest in men and the lack of evidence of such a love, this unrequited love nonsense most likely sprung up a century or two later to hide Sappho's homosexuality and make her a far more romantic writer. Listeners, let's talk shop, specifically the Of Witches and Women merchandise shop. We have beautiful prints and t-shirts created by contemporary artists, salty t-shirts, fierce joggers, magic coffee mugs, witch sister bracelets, stickers, and of course, don't miss out on my Team Sappho tees, which are available on the website. Plus, when you buy art, either as a print or a t-shirt, the proceeds go to the hardworking artist. And when you buy the other merchandise, I can afford to buy myself a Pop-Tart. A maybe. Huh. So, Take a look at ofwitchesandwomen.com slash shop.
Of course, Sappho's poetry was grossly mistranslated until the 20th century when women began to translate ancient Greek works and male translators were open to the possibility of homosexual expression in art. Until then, Sappho's Ode to Aphrodite had been translated and interpreted to make it appear that the object of Sappho's desire was male, not female. Such biases were also placed on her other works and on the many women she surrounded herself with. Just friends, the scholars and religious leaders cry. But today, with fewer biases on sexuality and a re-examination of her original words, we can honor Sappho as she was, a stunningly talented, brilliant lesbian poet. By the 20th century, Sappho of Lesbos was dubbed the patron saint of lesbians by feminists and the homosexual community. The term lesbian itself is derived from the Isle of Lesbos, a tribute to the 10th Muse. Women have tried to reclaim Sappho for the past nearly 200 years. However, some scholars still cling to the ideal that Sappho was simply a straight poet and teacher, just like many of her admirers in ancient Greece ignore her identity in favor of her output. Today's episode is brought to you by Honestly Essential Oils. Unlike the essential oil barons, Honestly Essential Oils is a small, family-run company with fewer employees than I have fingers, all of whom are skilled in different areas of holistic medicine, including the company owner who has more than 26 years of aromatherapy experience and has mixed soothing blends for many large oil companies, written books on holistic medicine, and even run a massage therapy school for many years. Because Honestly Essential Oils doesn't pay a long line of salespeople before the oils reach you, their oils are far less expensive than many other companies. Plus, Honestly Essential Oils are sourced and tested to verify a high concentration of top quality oils in every bottle. Every single Honestly Essential Oil and Carrier Oil is either certified organic, kosher, or vegan, and all of them are completely composed only of the highest quality food-grade extracts and oils. Honestly Essential Oils are great for meditation, soothing colds, cooking, or whatever you need. You can try out Honestly Essential Oils for yourself with a 100% satisfaction guarantee and listeners of this podcast get 10% off your first order when you use the promo code WITCHES at checkout. So, look up honestlyessential.com today and use the promo code WITCHES for a sweet deal on the best oils a witch can get. It's fascinating how some people can so ardently admire and praise a person as an ideal, treating her as a consumable, there for the benefit of others, not herself. Yet when Sappho, a woman and an honorary goddess of poetry and music, by proclamations of others, not herself, steps up and owns her work and sexuality, these same people 
bury her work in mistranslations and refuse to accept the simplest, most obvious explanations. The muses have fascinated musicians and artists for 3,000 years. Every misunderstood musician and author has a muse, right? That elusive woman that gives him purpose until he finds a better one, more elusive, bigger boobs, whatever. When a muse herself steps up and has her own thoughts, desires, rights, and needs, when she lives her life authentically as a human person, she is censored, rewritten, and erased for 3,000 years. But I'm certainly grateful that we have the honorary goddess back with us today. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure you and yours are subscribed to Of Witches and Women, and please leave me a magical review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play. This pod is actually growing, and that's thanks to you great listeners who spread the word. So please help me out by telling at least one person about Of Witches and Women this week. And be sure to connect to the pod on social media and look up ofwitchesandwomen.com for Team Sappho Tees, great content, and to subscribe to the Oracle. Stay fierce, witches, and we'll catch you next time. Of Witches and Women is brought to you by SHH Media, LLC.